Hello and welcome to the Imagineer Podcast, your unofficial guide to Disney parks, resorts, movies, and more. I'm your host, Matthew Kroll, and this is episode number five of the Imagineer Podcast. So D23 was just last weekend, and there were a ton of announcements that came out between the movies, the parks, the Disney Cruise Line, and everything else that they announced between Disney Legends that were added to Disney and so many, so much more. So, of course, in today's show, we're going to talk about all those announcements that came out in D23 and which of those we are most looking forward to. And I have two guests on the podcast with me to talk about this. They are longtime Disney friends with a wealth of knowledge about D23 and about Disney. And so we are going to talk all about everything we are looking forward to. And then, of course, I'll come back and share some more information about how you can connect with the Imagineer podcast on social media and how you can even help to inspire the future of this show. So grab some headphones, pull up your favorite armchair, and enjoy the Imagineer podcast. There's a great big beautiful tomorrow Shining at the end of every day There's a great big beautiful tomorrow And tomorrow's just a dream away Man has a dream and that's the start He follows his dream with mind and heart When it becomes a reality It's a dream come true for you and me So there's a great big beautiful tomorrow Shining at the end of every day There's a great big beautiful tomorrow Just a dream away So D23 was just a couple of weeks ago, and there were so many announcements that came out, and I just had to get a group together to talk about everything new coming to Walt Disney World, to Disneyland, to international parks, to movies, to absolutely everything. And I have two Disney fans with me who I both have known for a very long time, one definitely a lot longer than the other, and... They are have kindly agreed to come on the podcast to talk D23 with me today. And so the first one is Christina. And, uh, well, first of all, hello, Christina. Hey. So glad to have you. And the second one is Mike. And hey, Mike. Hey. Hi. How's it going? Good. Uh, so I said one I've definitely lo- known longer than the other, and that's because Mike is my cousin. So I've known him since he's older than I am since I was born. Uh, and Quite literally. Yeah. And... Uh, Mike, do you want to talk about how your how much you know about Disney? Or I know, like growing up, we just were constantly talking about Disney together. We've gone to Disney together. Um, how many times have you been to Walt Disney World, and even more recently, Disneyland? Or do you know? I was actually thinking about that recently. Uh, as far as Walt Disney World, I mean, I started going to Walt Disney World when I was literally about two, three years old, and gone at least once a year since then and uh only until up until recently has been now more of a two-year cycle so i would say i mean at this point like even just trips alone i would say at least 15 or 20 trips i would say would be a safe bet but then even within those trips i'd go there for at least a week so um 
quite a lot for Walt Disney World. And then Disneyland, I would say at least 20, 30 times, if not more at this point, because as soon as I moved out to the West Coast, I would go there every chance I get. I used to live in L.A. too, and I got an annual pass. So there was that one time where I went literally every month. So I went literally about almost 11 times every uh, throughout that entire year I went to Disneyland. That's a lot for a single year, but still not as much as I forgot the guy's name, the guy who just went, who's been going there every day for 2000 days straight, however long it is Mm -hmm. since 2011. Yeah, that's a long time. But uh, yeah, like I said, uh, Mike has both Mike and I have had an affinity for Disney since we were very little. And in fact, if you are, if we're driving around together, there's a better chance than not that we're going to be listening to Disney park music in the car, putting on timekeeper or carousel of progress or i it could be anything. Uh, we listen to a lot of classic Disney attractions in the car because we're geeks like that. Um, and the other person I said I have on the call is Christina. And Christina is a friend of mine since 2006, I believe. Yep. Yeah, 2006. 2006. So over, it's oh, 11 years now. That's a yeah, long time. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. But Christina and I met because we worked together at the Disney store. At, uh, in Garden City, uh, New York, at the Roosevelt Field Mall. So uh, that's been uh, that's how we first met. And then I went down to do the Disney College program, and Christina came down to visit. And Christina, when did you move to Orlando? Because now that's where you are. Yes, I moved here in 2014. So I've been here for about four years. And I have certainly enjoyed being able to go to Disney anytime I want. Disney World, excuse me, let's be specific. But yeah, anytime I want, uh, you know, just this past Friday, for example, after work, I got a fast pass to go on Soarin'. So I thought, why not, you know? So those are the types of things that I like to do in my free time. (laughs) That's not a bad deal at all. No. (laughs) I remember those days. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, and get just a, a fast pass for an attraction. The only one you might not be able to get right now, I'm guessing, is Flight of Passage. In fact, I just left ah, and it looks like but you can. Out. You can. Yes, you can occasionally if you know where to go and how to do it. So, uh, well, I'm gonna be, God, definitely going to you for advice on that. <laughs> oh gosh, but you know what? Honestly, the queue line is—it's worth it. It's so interesting, so in depth. It's—it's it's worth it. I waited—I waited a second time for an hour and a half, and it didn't—it didn't take long at all. Really, it flew by. That's great. Literally, but I'm boom. <laughs> the pun. Sorry. No, it's good. So, of course, we're here to talk about D23. And the, like I said, there was a lot that came out this year, more than I think a lot of people were expecting. And a, a lot of rumors and things that I had heard actually came true. There were things that I was expecting that didn't really come out. But compared to other years and other D23 expos, what are your thoughts on on this expo versus 2015, 2013? How did this one sort of um, compare to those? I guess, I'll, Mike, how, what did you think? I thought this year was much better than, the I guess, two years ago for the D23 Expo. I thought there was a lot more juicy uh, announcements that were made for this one, where the last one felt more of an update. I'm trying to even remember what the last announcements were from two years ago, but I remember that they even announced Star Wars Land even before that. That was four years ago. So there really wasn't a lot of... It was more or less keeping appearances. Okay, this is when Pandora is coming out. This is when Star Wars Land was going on there. So it was a lot more about updates where this was really about a lot of announcements, a lot of major improvements, and really understanding the direction where they're going with the Disney parks. Yeah, Christina, do you agree? 
I would totally agree. I would describe it as this year being an inundation of announcements. Last year was kind of like the outline. They were kind of enticing you. Hey, here's some really great things that are coming in the future. And this year it's like, wow, everyone is going to be booking their trips because you have no other choice. It's just that incredible. I mean, people I've seen on social media who aren't normally Disney fans are just ecstatic, let alone with just the Star Wars dupes. I mean, we already knew that was coming, but the announcement regarding, you know, the hotel, I mean, I know we'll get into that later, but that alone, people were just freaking out on social media. Even if you're not a Disney fan, even if you're one of those people who, or one of your family members who might not be the most easy to get to the parks with you. Oh, been there, done that, not going back, you know, and like the bumper sticker that we all have on our cars. But now who wouldn't want to come, you know, between all these new revelations? And then and besides the attraction news, I mean, we've got some really good juicy tidbits for other things all around as well. And then I think the the media, the social media this year, I think they upped the ante quite a bit. I don't know if you guys have Snapchat, but uh, I was following those live stories like it was my job in addition to, you know, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, everywhere. It was everywhere. So you couldn't avoid it, nor did you want to, really. So I would, yeah, I would definitely agree with that. And I, I agree as well. And I agree there's a lot of Star Wars. If you look at the mm-hmm. categories, they were in parks, they were in movies, they were even in Disney Legend announcements. So there, mm-hmm. Star Wars was all over the place. And you're right, social media really lit up with uh, all the announcements. And I was checking over the weekend, and I had a number of things I had to do this weekend. So I was trying to keep up as much as possible. And there was just a whole lot <laughs> to, uh, to catch up on when I finally could sit down and, and look everything over on a, on a laptop. So what were you guys most excited about that came out from this and we'll talk specifically about uh sort of the big announcements but which one were you most excited about i'll i'll start actually i would like to uh explain one that actually has nothing to do with the parks but the one that actually was i got the uh biggest excitement out of was actually for wreck it ralph breaks the internet when they announced all the disney princesses oh yeah in that was original voices <laughs> That to me was, as soon as they made, you know why that excited me so much was because I still wasn't sure where they were going to be going with this because literally it's the internet. So they could go literally anywhere. So I was really curious on, you know, I was a little worried to be honest of where they were going to be taking this. And then since they came out with this and mentioned they're going to, oh, my Disney.com and then, you know, um, Bond Suites is going to see all the other Disney princesses all with the original voice actors. I said, okay, this is brilliant. I have no, I'm so excited for this movie. It's not even funny at this point. Yeah, I think for me, um, it's hard to pick a favorite. I mean, I am a huge Star Wars fan, so I have been awaiting that news for ages. And the hotel, I think, was one of the things that excited me most. But another thing I was really excited was tracked for on the attraction spectrum was the addition of Ratatouille. I mean, yeah. it hasn't been announced exactly what we're going to be getting, but if it's anything like the attraction in Paris, I mean, that's going to be a spectacular addition. It's still, I, I know Disney's been trying to incorporate more characters into the World Showcase area, and I think that one fits in, in my opinion, even better than, say, a Frozen ride would necessarily, just because that ride, it just combines all the great things that Disney does. You know, in event, in a, eh, you know, innovation and storytelling and yet it seems so seamlessly integrated into 
France over there, it could, I, in my opinion, it'll just work seamlessly over here as well. So I'm really excited for that. Yeah, that's a cool attraction too. Uh, and I've seen videos of it over at Disneyland Paris. And it was something that as they were talking about in the innovations and new attractions coming to Epcot, I was thinking that that was probably something that would really fit. Uh, and if you look at the land, there's, there is land back there. I wasn't sure necessarily if they would get rid of Impressions to France. It sounds like they're going to keep it, and at least at this point, and put Ratatouille back there. But it definitely, I agree, it's a, it's a really perfect fit. So I want to go through some of them, and I want to start with one, as some of the announcements, I should say. And I definitely want to start with one that some uh, it, everything at D23 was met with applause, but I know that there are always some controversial topics uh, over the Internet when... People start talking about it online, and one of those was the fact, and they didn't necessarily say this from the outset, and if you look at the announcement, I thought Bob Chapek was very good about navigating this um, by building up the attraction before really talking about what it was going to replace, but the Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway replacing the great movie ride. I mean, there were a lot of cool things that were going to be included, and it is the first real sort of immersive ride slash attraction all about Mickey Mouse. But, the, and there were, there, I, I, obviously they talked about the fact that there's going to be a new theme song, which they haven't really done much with original music in quite a while. So that should be exciting. Uh, you know, they said the ride's going to have more hidden Mickeys than any other attraction anywhere, or just if in general, anywhere else. And the idea that it's going to be quote unquote two and a half D, sort of this 3D concept without having uh, to wear 3D glasses. So, I mean, Christina, for you, is that something, especially since you're down there all the time, are you sad to see the great movie ride go and this being replaced with it? Or is this something that you feel is a welcome change to the park? I have mixed feelings about it. I mean, we all have that nostalgia factor if you've been going to the parks as often as long as we have you have that nostalgia for the great movie ride. It's kind of that centerpiece attraction. When you first, you know, go into Disney's Hollywood studios, you kind of make it your first stop in my opinion, because it's right there and it's a good queue and, you know, it usually doesn't take too long. However, I kind of saw this maybe coming. I think it's kind of been rumored for a while now. Um, what with the changes within the park itself? Um, and then also it doesn't, you know, hurt. I believe the gentleman who narrates the ride is no longer with us. So it's just kind of, I think the park is moving in a completely different direction than it was previously. So I'm not surprised. I just know for me, I already made my fast pass. I'm going to go ride it one last time. I think a lot of huge Disney fans are disappointed. They didn't kind of have more notice. They would have maybe liked to make that one last trip to go on it. Um, but I think incorporating Mickey in such a, on a, such a grand scale is something that Hollywood studios in particular, I think could really use, uh, bring Mickey back a little bit there. And I think it could really add to, you know, that old time devotion to him, I guess is, would be the way I would describe it. Um, but one thing I would say also is I am, I am really surprised that they decided to close the attraction down in the midst of so many other things being closed in the park. Because when you go there now, you've got your few attractions to go to, and essentially it really is a half-day park, even for a Disney file like myself. You can't really justify for a family, in my opinion, to spend a full day's ticket there, especially if the great movie ride's closed. I mean, that's one of the main attractions. 
So that's kind of where I'm coming from with regards to that. Yeah, it's an interesting idea that they're going to... I saw actually a, a, a meme that went up that had a picture of when you go into the park or you're, you're driving into the park and it shows the list of attractions that are open and it literally was pulling into this Hollywood studios and it said list of attractions. And there was nothing posted. <laughs> I didn't see that, but that's hilarious. Cause there's only, I think you could probably count on one hand now how many attractions are left there that are going to be open after August 13th. I mean, seriously though, you really, and then especially if you, aren't the type of person that wants to necessarily do thrill rides, but you're not also into doing maybe kitty stuff. Yeah. There really isn't a whole lot going for it right now. I mean, there are a few additions that I've seen out that they brought in. Maybe they brought it in for that purpose, like the Pixar orchestra. I mean, that's fantastic, but I think it, it, it's definitely going to be a really big and huge welcome for when toy story land comes in finally to kind of dissipate the crowds a little bit. Yeah. Mike, what do you think about a great movie ride being replaced with this? I honestly I, I think there's there is not a better attraction to be replaced with something like this. I think it's the perfect idea. I when they when they told me I, I think we all knew that was coming as we were talking about before, uh the great movie ride being replaced. And I remember going to that when it really opened. You know, when did a great movie ride open? It was if uh, anybody know the trivia for that? It was when no. the park opened. I think it wasn't in nineteen eighty nine. In 1989. Yeah. So, I mean, I was going there almost pretty close to right after the park opened up. So um, that always has been a favorite of mine as a kid. Um, I used to be love the Indiana Jones section and be frightened on the alien section. And I remember, you know, so I, I, it has so much fond memories. But, you know, honestly, even when I went last time, it just felt so dated. And and so overplayed because it's the same script every single time. And, you know, it, it's just one of those rides where if they don't keep it updated with with new movies, even even at the end of the ride where they have the montage of films and they haven't replaced it in so long or updated, it, it just feels so blah. So, you know, it comes to the point where it, it, it was time for it to go. I think I, I will miss it. But at the same token, I'm I'm. You know, I'm glad that they're going to be replacing it with something like this. And I just love the concept of Mickey and Minnie Railway. I think 2.5D, I mean, even just looking at the concept art, I can even see how they're going to literally like bring you into a Mickey short. And I just love that idea so much. I think it's a great way to honor the history of Disney at the same token doing it in a brand new way so that it gets you really excited on this experience. Yeah, I would totally agree with that, Mike. I mean... I didn't even think when you just bring up the point you have a lot of kids nowadays that don't haven't ever seen maybe half the movies in those, you know, in, on that ride. And I, I love a lot of classic movies. I know Matt's a big fan of classic movies, if I recall correctly, but you, you know, correctly? especially <laughs> when you're trying to entice a new generation and you're competing with, you know, some of the innovative, you know, the new rides in the central Florida area, it does make sense to kind of try and cater to a little bit more of a demographic while still while still addressing the nostalgia factor by making sure that, you know, the mouse in charge of it all is front and center. You mean to say kids don't watch Casablanca on a routine basis or know what that hey, is? They, they <laughs> should. You know, it's a great movie, but I don't know if that's necessarily in, you know, their number one spot waiting on Netflix for them. So. Yeah, that's true. I think yeah. I think we'll agree with that. But yeah, Mike, you raised a great great point before the idea that there's only so much you could replace the great movie ride with. Because mm -hmm. when you're talking about that is the 
central attraction of the park. It has been there, like I said, since 1989, since the park opened. So for especially the diehard, nostalgic Disney fans to not riot in front of the uh, park, you have to replace it with something that makes sense, that's something better or more... Uh, more of a tribute to Disney or more in tune with, with Disney, and this definitely is. To go back to Mickey and Minnie is even more Disney-like than, of course, talking about Alien and <laughs> Indiana Jones, although now Indiana Jones makes a little bit more sense, but or John Wayne and Clint Eastwood. I mean, that that's not quite as Disney as Mickey and Minnie, so... Uh, Plus, the other thing, the other thing too, yeah. I like to mention is I also like the idea of the con- the whole concept because they don't have to tear down the Grauman's Chinese Theater at all. They can it, it literally is. I mean, that's where they showed Mickey shorts in way back in the day. So they can keep the building the way it is, and then they're just repurposing it out with a whole brand new attraction inside. Um, you know, I can even see them keeping a lot of the a lot of the elements like the queue line and things like that. They can just re rewrap it to make it make sense for this attraction. So I feel like they can do a great job of of keeping what's there, but then just gutting the inside out and then putting a brand new attraction that just makes sense for you know for what they would need it to be now. Yep, just plus it out. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And looking at everything that Bob Chapek has done lately, I would say that's probably what's going to end up happening. Same exterior, roughly and a different interior, not to name a specific attraction. Guardians of the Galaxy Mission Breakout. Uh, <laughs> so sticking in that park, because there is a lot happening to, to Disney's Hollywood Studios, there's, of course, two lands coming, and they did already announce this previously, but they gave some more details, of course, about them, with the first being... Toy Story Land opening summer of 2018, which is really quick, it's, and mm-hmm. and it needs to be quick considering again what's what's leaving the park August 13th and not much opening up, and of course the other big one being Star Wars Land, which is now we know called Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. Uh, they didn't announce anything new with the attractions. We know there's still the, the first one being this battle or putting you in the middle of a battle between the first order and the resistance and then the other attraction putting you in complete control of the millennium falcon which is pretty awesome uh and then i was also happy to see that at least at d23 this year they did announce some more about star wars galaxy's edge being the characters that you're going to see around the land including bb8 and kylo ren and chewie and I don't know if you guys were as laughed as much as I did when they announced that Rex was going to be there. And he was going to be the DJ over at the cantina, which seems really interesting. Um, <laughs> I actually did not hear that at all. And that is the most, best thing I possibly have heard about this land so far. <laughs> yeah, so they said Rex is going to be making an appearance. And he may or may not be the best DJ in the world. But like anything else, he's going to be treating it with absolute grace and not panicking at any point when he screws up. So <laughs> I really, really, really hope that they put lines for star tours in Rex when he's DJing. That'll make my day. I am sure they will. But between those two lands, was there anything that surprised you guys or what were you most excited to see that between either galaxy's edge or I know it's not too much new with toy story land, but what are you most excited about for, those two uh, different areas. I think 
think for me, honestly, I, I'm just glad we finally have a date, a little bit more of a definitive timeline. Um, I drive by there literally every single day to and from work. And so I'm seeing the construction going up in real time every day, comparing it, you know, just driving a little bit more slowly as they go by. And, you know, there seems, in my opinion, to be quite a bit left to do. You can still see through the trees and peek in and whatnot. So having that definitive timeline, I think it's really going to make a lot of guests that much happier. They can make their plans knowing what's coming up. And Disney's hopefully not going to have a repeat with rivers of light with this. I don't, I think the ante's too up there that they, they wouldn't let that happen. Um, but just having that knowledge, I think it just makes the world of difference for all guests, especially those who are a little bit upset with certain closures at Hollywood studios, just knowing that it's right around the corner at this point, we're going to have so many new and amazing things to experience. I think that was kind of my biggest takeaway because again, we didn't get a lot of information. We got some, you know, model views and whatnot, but we've had some concept art already. And I think this little bit of a tease is really just that, but giving us at least that solid timeline, I think was a big help for a lot of people. And I'll, I'll talk about Star Wars land. Um, honestly, I'm not a big fan of the name. I have to say. Oh, really? I'm, yeah. Why? Is it, it too so much like Samsung or something? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even make that correlation. Okay. Let me rephrase. Let me rephrase. I, I get, I understand why they chose that name. It just, to me, was like because they were setting up their own planet. I was wishing that they did come up with an actual planet name yeah. that goes alongside with it. Uh, it's okay if they just call Star Wars Galaxy Edge, but then have like then this, you're on the planet of you know what whatever, whatever you know whatever they want to call it, but have like some sort of name and actually you know, make that part of the story. It feels like that they just took a little shortcut there and just called it the Galaxy's Edge because we already know it's an outpost and you know on you know the edge of the Star Wars galaxy and then that was it. So I wish they were a little bit more creative with that. Uh, but that, that I mean that's kind of nitpicking. I just was when I said the name, I was like, all right, that's that's pretty just. You Do you know. think they did that though to maybe leave it more wide open because we know there's going to be more films beyond this, you know, this franchise and with Han Solo and who knows what else coming out. Do you think maybe that's why they did it like that? Uh, I think it's probably a lot easier to do it that way than trying to come up with their own planet name, especially making it make sense with the rest of the films. So, Because uh, I like the idea that they were going to make this an outpost and it was going to be its own thing, where it had nothing to do with the films at all. It was going to be its own its own planet. And I love that idea because that's always been about Disney, is it's incorporating uh, you know, other IPs and then running with it and making their own story literally within that land itself so i love that idea but then if they're going to go that far then go all the way call it some mm. sort of planet name and and maybe even go into the, the history of the planet and things that have occurred there and so forth and make it part of the star wars canon but ha but doesn't necessarily have to be connected to the films at all it's a really good point yeah, no, that makes sense, too. I, I was half expecting them to call it to the uh, sort of like Pandora, the world of Avatar, or something very corporate <laughs> sounding. So it was, I was pleased that they came up with something a little less corporate, more creative, like Galaxy's Edge. It, it does sound like a weird sort of uh, spinoff movie of the Star Wars, uh, not trilogy, the, tr the Star Wars series, I should say. Mm. Um, but... And I was a little surprised they didn't announce too much more about the attractions because I was hoping that they would tease out a little bit more, especially considering mm -hmm. it's opening 2019. And so that's before technically the next D23. It's going to be 
open by the next time they have the next D23 Expo, unless they do a summer press event, which I know they do sometimes. But between those two attractions, the would, both are untitled, but one being putting you in control of the Millennium Falcon and the other one being sort of immersed into a star destroyer and into a battle or feeling like you're in, literally in a star destroyer and being immersed into a battle between the first order and the resistance if this were i'll put mike on the spot if this were opening day from what you know about the attractions now which would you run to first and what do you think it's going to be oh no question in my mind is the first order versus the resistance that to me sounds that that's like my kid coming dream coming true is being immersed in the star wars ride like that and i can i and i i've seen the the imagery of the the show building um in disneyland and i'm assuming it will probably be the same in disney world but the show building itself when i saw it and went oh my god that's just as big as toontown is that to me really excited me that they're gonna go they're gonna go all out on this and to me that no question about it i will be there first in line to go in that attraction Christina, do you agree? Or would you go to the Millennium Falcon ride first? I, I think I would go to the Millennium Falcon, and I think it's because I, I'm an again nostalgia. I, you know, growing up seeing in you know, the original trilogy and then you know the prequels, Millennium Falcon though just always had that, that you know it stuck on me, and being able to be immersed in that experience that is what appeals a little bit more to me. I and. I think especially with the Han Solo movie coming out eventually, I think that's just such a cool and fantastic idea of really going maybe to even see a little bit more into that storyline. I don't know. or, But to me, that's where I would probably go. But both attractions, obviously, are huge pulls. And it's probably going to take quite some time for me to get my fast passes for those. But you better believe it. I'll be there when it opens. <laughs> The, the only concern I have for the Falcon ride, I'm really excited about the Falcon ride too. I'm, I'm I love the whole concept. I think it's amazing. Mm-hmm. My only worry about it is it, it's going to be a lot like Mission Space, where it's like, you know, because it's meant for kids too. It's like, okay, flip the switch, and then this happens, and as long as you do it, you don't get into trouble, you know. Or are they really going to make it really immersive? You know, I mean, I'm curious where they're going to go with this. It, it, that's why I want to wait and see, mm-hmm. and hopefully, see a little bit more about what they're going to do with that attraction. Where, you know, I guess for me, for the first order versus the resistance, it's like I'm already sold. Like, whatever you guys going to do, I know it's going to be grandiose and epic and whatever it's going to be. So you already got me sold on that concept. For the Falcon, I just want to see a little bit more what they're trying, like what what really it's going to be like before I can make up my mind. My guess is that it's not going to be anything like Mission Space. Based on on what they're saying, that would be a huge mistake if they made it like that uh and when scott trowbridge who's the imagineer uh talking about star wars galaxy's edge at d23 was talking about this attraction he didn't give away a lot but one of the things he did say which sounded uh, interesting was this idea of he didn't use this word but consequence where depending on what you do on the millennium falcon you might like you truly are in control of it at least that's what's being implied and there are different positions, like some person being the pilot, another person being a, uh, I don't know what you'll call the person in charge of the weaponry, but uh, that would be another position. So in that way, it's similar to mission space. But there was this idea that you can either do, it, it seems like you might be able to choose your own mission. It sounds like there you might not always succeed in your mission and that 
those they have there are consequences that might actually follow you around the land as you're still there and because of magic band technology that's really possible so that to me is interesting that you can board the millennium falcon and then you might have a bounty hunter chasing after you if you damage it so <laughs> a little terrifying I, for kids but I, I love that concept so much that, that actually is the one thing that got me really excited when they announced that where you can have consequences if you don't do things correctly it almost makes me want to actually fail just to see what, <laughs> what happens i'm sure people will intentionally oh yeah a hundred percent just to see what see, happens yeah, exactly. It's another reason to make you come back, though. It's so brilliant how they they plan that. Can you imagine yeah. you're like a whole bunch of us on the ride, and then just and like everyone else is taking it so seriously, when then there's <laughs> the one person that just wants to mess it up, and we're all like, Mike. <laughs> that would be you, Mike. <laughs> yeah, I know. Totally be me. I'll screw up the whole thing. But afterwards, we can all go to the outpost and enjoy a nice glass of blue milk, according to what they also announced. <laughs> I'm just trying to imagine what that flavor is going to be. But while we're on the subject of new lands, and uh, Galaxy's Edge is coming to Walt Disney World in Disneyland, so thinking on the Disneyland side, because there were no other major lands announced for Walt Disney World at this point, there were two lands that were announced. And I think one of them was expected, one of them was definitely not, but is not surprising either. So the one that was expected just because of the... Uh, Easter eggs that were left behind with Guardians of the Galaxy Mission Breakout was Marvel Lands coming to Disney's California Adventure, which has been speculated for quite a while. And it is safe within contract boundaries with Universal to use it out at California. So it was only a matter of time before that did happen. And we know that it, the start of it was with the Guardians of the Galaxy attraction. And then they teased out the fact that we're also going to get a Spider Man attraction and an Avengers attraction, or we're going to at least see those characters incorporated into the lands in some way. So that was one land, and then the other one, which was also a California adventure, as if they didn't just do a major multi-billion dollar expansion and and uh, renovation just a few years ago, was changing Paradise Pier to Pixar Pier, which they didn't give away too much about that, but it sounds like they'll just add in some uh, different themes into that pier to make it more themed what were are your thoughts on either of these lands uh christina what do you think um i mean honestly like you said we've been expecting this for a while uh it kind of it's kind of reminiscent like these announcements are kind of reminiscent of just a few years back it's just the initial tidbits that we're getting we haven't really got a lot of filler just yet um but i think it's about time honestly especially for marvel Disney's been incorporating that anywhere they could at this point. Uh, I'm super excited to, I'm going on a Disney cruise soon and to see them reimagined spaces on the wonder with that, you know, particular aspect included in the children's spaces, you know, they've been doing it. And when they do it, they do it so well. So again, at this point, just really excitement on my end. I'm definitely going to have to make a trip out to the West coast. Uh, I would love to see that incorporated down here, but we'll see how that'll go with Universal in the mix down here, but definitely excited. Pixar, again, not really too surprised. Um, again, they're always trying to plus what they can do within certain parameters of space, especially over there, and to keep guests coming back. And I, at this point, I guess a lot of Disneyland guests are just used to construction, so they're just going to do it all at once and 
make the park as fantastic as possible. So that way they get a lot more guests coming back again. I don't really have too many thoughts more beyond that, though. Yeah, they didn't announce too much. And mm-hmm. um, I mean, Mike, you're going to be going there. You go there quite a bit. And you will, this is going to affect you more than uh, Christina or myself since we're on the yeah. East Coast. But what, <laughs> what are you most excited about seeing it at the Disneyland Resort? Oh, no question about it, Marvel Land, which, again, what everyone was thinking about. And, I'll, yeah, again, all I got to say is finally that the announcement <laughs> to be happening, and I'm so excited. This, this, to me, honestly, is really going to bring California Adventure on the map as far as being yes. a park taken seriously, where it's no, or up into this, even with all the major changes, which I was so happy to see happen. And, and now it's a really good park, where before it was, it felt, you know, it, it was just not really well developed uh, originally and i'm so glad of seeing the whole progress of that park and where it is at now where you can spend almost a whole day there and enjoying what it is where no question once marvel land is built that is now going to be officially a full day park so uh no longer are the days where i you know where my brother and i would go there and we do disneyland and california adventure in the same day because california adventure we could do really quick and then spend the rest of the day at disneyland you know really we're gonna have to spend your time there and um so, so happy to see Marvel Land. I'm so, so excited to see what attractions are going to be built there, um, what they're ultimately going to build. I mean, there's so much there's so much possibilities there. So I'm really excited about that. And then um, Pixar Pier makes perfect sense. Paradise Pier is one of the only lasting elements of the original California Adventure Park. And since it's gone through this, this such a dramatic change, it makes perfect sense to change that name over to Pixar Pier. There really isn't that much going on back there except for Toy Story Mania as, and of course the roller coaster back there too, California Screaming. Yes. So it'd be really nice to see them give it a little bit of extra life because it really is just a, such a great space that's really underutilized. So I would love, um, I do know that part announcement they did mention Inside Out attraction. So I'm very excited to see what they're going to do with that. So I'm um, hoping to see uh, uh, what else that they're going to be adding that's Pixar related um, in that area. Yeah, me too. I I don't know what they're going to do with that yet. And uh, again, they didn't really do more than raise speculation as to what there would be <laughs> in almost the only land we do know, again, is really Toy Story Land. But between, again, Galaxy's Edge and I would argue, Mike, that actually even Disneyland Park might be a two-day park after Galaxy's Edge, uh, Star Wars Galaxy's Edge opens. It's Yeah, that's true. So you At might least with spend, the wait times, it will be. Yes. Well, that's that's the main thing. So you might spend <laughs> two to three days uh, potentially in those two parks once all of these attractions open. But I'll actually pose that to the uh, to the listener who's listening right now. Between the Marvel Land, the Pixar Pier, and the Star Wars Galaxy's Edge attractions, what do you expect to see? And you can let us know on Facebook, on Twitter, or email me and let me know what you would uh, expect to see. And again, on, on Facebook, we're Imagineer Podcast, and on Twitter, we are Imagineer Audio. But I want to turn things over to talking about Epcot, because this is a park that is near and dear to me, and I think so many other Disney fans as well. What were you most excited to see with all of these changes and additions? Um, And was there anything that surprised you about the announcements? Christina, what did you think? Um, Well, like I mentioned before, Ratatouille. Definitely very excited for that. Uh, Another thing I was really excited about was the fact that we got confirmation finally about a 
Guardians of the Galaxy attraction taking the place of Universe of Energy, which we've also seen coming for quite some time. And I think for me, it kind of lightened the load, and I'm hoping that we'll still get to keep our beloved Tower of Terror because of that. Um, definitely cured my heart attack for a second there. At least we might, we'll have a, a little bit of a stay on that development, but I am so glad that they are going to be putting it there. I think that's appropriate. It's again, incorporating characters, but at the same time, kind of adhering to the theming of that area. It makes sense next to, um, mission space, which will also be getting a nice makeover and a restaurant. I mean, what is this guys? This is crazy. I don't know if you saw some of the concept art on that restaurant, but it's out it of looks this inc- world. Literally, though, <laughs> it looks incredible. Uh, it kind of reminds me on um, the Disney Cruise. They have this one bar that overlooks a bunch of different panoram- panoramic scenes around the world. And I can tell you from experience, the technology there alone was amazing. So I can only imagine how they're going to incorporate, incorporate that on a grander scale and in space. It's going to be fantastic. And it would still incorporate some educational aspects too, which I know is super important for a lot of Epcot fans that it still maintains that heart. It's not just a park for thrills and whatnot. It's a park to learn and to expand the mind a little bit as well. Um, Another thing though, that I was really surprised we didn't hear about were these rumors floating around about pavilion expansions, pavilion additions. We didn't get anything on that. And I know through the grapevine that there are definite refurbishments down the road um, for some pavilions, and that's in the really near future. But all this, you know, this talk about a Spain pavilion or a Brazilian pavilion or whatnot, nothing, nothing whatsoever. And we know that they're going to be putting in the Sky Rider, I believe that's what it's called, um, you know, just over at the World Gateway. There's rumor also, I don't think it was officially announced at D23 or not, I'm not sure, about another DVC hotel over in that area. Yeah, they announced that too. Exactly. So there's a a bunch of things going on over there, but we didn't get the World Showcase aspect as much beyond Ratatouille. And based on concept art, it definitely looks like a French Pavilion expansion. But besides that, not too much more. So I was very curious to see as to why we didn't get that, if that's going to be coming you know, at a later date. Um, coming from a local perspective, everyone down here that is you know, my age or so, which I'll you know, everyone know around late 20s, early 30s, every weekend during now August to November, we're over at the World Showcase enjoying that food and wine festival. And that, those extra pavilions, we were all kind of really hoping for an announcement on that. Just It adds that little bit of an extra spice to it already. So I'm just curious to see if we'll hear anything more about beyond that. But there are just so many announcements, Epcot-centric announcements, that I, I mean, that's why Matt invited me on here. I was freaking out on Facebook. <laughs> so excited. I saw all of it. <laughs> <laughs> In real time. I'm, I'm just posting everything. But yeah, I, I, I was more curious, honestly, in the end, though, um, about what was an announcement as opposed to what was. But um, yeah, it's my take on it. What about you, Mike? Uh, well, no, I completely agree with you. I'm really glad um, to see Guardians of the Galaxy coming to Epcot. I mean, it makes complete sense to replace Universe of Energy. That's another one of those rides that that I even remember before Ellen's Energy Adventure took it over. Uh, and that... You know, it has again a ride that is so outdated. It's yeah. so 90s. 
And it just, it, it either needed to have a complete overhaul on the entire concept or it just needed to get replaced. So, uh, again, I'm not, you know, I'll be sad to see it go, but at the same token, I'm really excited. And I'm a huge fan of Guardians of the Galaxy anyway. So, um, I, I'm glad that it's taking over. Um, the only concern is what we were talking about before is that, you know, the whole point of, uh, especially Future World, is the expansion of the mine. That's some, some reason why that Epcot still to this day is one of my favorite parks, mm-hmm. if not my favorite. And, you know, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy has absolutely nothing to do with that. So that as long as they can, that as long as that, that they keep it there and they're not doing that necessarily too much with the other sections, then I think that's completely fine. I would like to see at least one attraction that you know really draws a crowd because it's an exciting, thrill, thrilling attraction. Because obviously it's rumored to be a roller coaster. Um, so. Uh, I, you know that's completely fine. It's just as long as they are trying to stay true to some of the area, other areas, like the like the restaurant, like you mentioned, um, in regards to um, Mission Space, which I thought was a spectacular idea, and I'm really excited about that. And other than that, I mean, I actually really like the Skyliner. Uh, I know some yeah. people were kind of on, you know, going back and forth about it, but actually, I thought it's a really great idea. I think it's another form of transportation. It might. You know, it used to be like the "quote unquote" secret entrance for all us Disney fans into Empire. <laughs> well, that may or may not be ruined. I don't know yet if it, if how ultimately how you use this is going to be. To be honest with you, I'm I mean, sure it this, will be. You think yeah. be? Yes, I think it will. Special. I mean, how many people take the boat? Like you guys will probably know better than I do. How many people take the boat between the parks? Not a terrible amount, but a lot of people do walk from Boardwalk and Beach Club yes. and Yacht Club, and it's also kind of staggered. And I, I, it will it will still be staggered, but you're adding three, technically four resorts that are going to come in through that entrance now. And high capacity resorts too. Yeah, Caribbean I mean, we're Beach talking is big huge. resorts, big resorts with a lot of conventioners, a lot of tour groups. It's definitely going to be utilized tremendously. I'm coming from a local standpoint again. I'm really grateful for it. The traffic down here is only going to get that much more intense once all these amazing new attractions open. So I think it's a it's a great idea. Um, I, I'm just curious. I know a lot of people have already mentioned about weather related concerns. I think Disney will get that down pat. They're not going to risk, you know, missing it on that end. But, uh, yeah, it's definitely a welcome addition. I think it'll be just such a cool experience, though, to get that bird's eye view of, you know, various other parts of the resort. I don't know. I'm just I'm going to geek out over it as soon as we get on it. That's for sure. It will be cool to see those views. I I agree. And the other thing I thought was interesting was that they'll have each, if I remember correctly, that each one. Each one of the um, the cars will have characters that we kind of have interacting with you a little bit, or like be on video. So I yeah. thought that was kind of a nice little addition too. I think that's kind of fun. Definitely, I think so too. It should be cool. And there were a lot that you guys mentioned that I agree with. And uh, Christine, I don't know if anyone caught it or if you even caught it, but I love how you said that you were looking for a little extra spice to be added to food and wine. But I'm bummed. Yeah, unintended. But. <laughs> Yeah, there was a lot of speculation about other pavilions being added. Yeah. At times, they talked about Brazil or Spain or yeah. Australia, uh, and that would have been very cool uh, to see. At least with Food and Wine Festival in particular, they have uh, all three of those. At, but also um, with the addition of Coco coming out, you know? Yeah, that's true. I'm sure yeah, that that's why I was curious. One of the things that they did rumor that was not announced in talking about things that we expected was this idea I, that Coco would take over the Mexico Pavilion. 
And that may still be, but I have a feeling they're probably waiting to see the success of Coco before ultimately making that decision, which is smart. But that makes sense. Yeah. Another thing I, I forgot to mention before, but I heard rumors about, you know, an update to Journey into Imagination as well. I heard that too. I was expecting and that. Yes. And nothing. You know, with all that empty space around there and we're already getting some changes, I was really curious as to why that wasn't announced, especially I had heard, you know, maybe incorporating Inside Out, which would be, I think, really appropriate over there. Absolutely. But nothing. So we'll have to wait and see on that. But it definitely is also an attraction that could use a little TLC. Yeah, it definitely could. It's one of those attractions that uh, Mike and I talk about a lot. Mike and I talk about Epcot a lot, (laughs) especially (laughs) classic Epcot talking about Horizons, talking about uh, Journey into Imagination, uh, the original Spaceship Earth or even the, the previous versions of spaceship earth Mm -hmm. so we talk about epcot a lot and one of the things that mike and i always talk about is this philosophy of epcot and how do you balance the original vision because this is a really this is a park that is so rooted in waltz Uh, Mm -hmm. so how do you balance that with also the needs of disney as a business and keeping the park relevant to the current audience and i thought and I, as i was listening to bob talk he really kind of addressed that from the get-go in saying that everything that they're working on is going to stay true to the original ideals of epcot but be more timeless more relevant more family and more disney were the words that he used yes mm-hmm. um mike are you because we talk about this a lot are you feeling nervous about what's to come for Epcot or excited or are you still are you skeptical or are you waiting to see at this point I honestly at this point I'm, I'm waiting to see I think uh, let's put it this way I I am skeptical about keeping the original vision of Epcot I think that at this point in time they just have to make the park scene still make it relevant to younger audiences I think it's just what they're trying to at the moment and I think and I think it's a monumental task for them to try to recreate what Epcot originally stood for. I don't think it's impossible, but for them to basically create new attractions that have that same sort of awe that was in the past is is such a difficult thing to do. So I understand why they wouldn't they had to had to do all these refre- refreshers like what they did with the seas with you know with Nemo. I mean that there's no education. I mean it's he's talking fish. You know, there's no education there really. I mean I'm glad that they kept the rest of the attraction there, but you know the, but there was you know they they really changed that right up. And same thing is true with the Journey into imagine, Imagination as well. So it, it's I think I'm trying to make sure that my um, going at it as far as not letting my own nostalgia guide my uh, opinions of where they're taking it now in comparison to what really just makes sense in general for the park. And actually, you know, seeing it from a different perspective and just seeing, okay, can this really make it an inter- you know, uh, uh, immersive park again and, and still keep its identity or maybe reform its identity and still something else? I just wanted to be a hodgepodge. That's the basic, that was the only my biggest concern is that it's just a hodgepodge of, oh, this is what's popular right now, so we're going to throw this into Feature World because it's quote unquote futuristic. Mm-hmm. You know, that I don't want. I don't want to have like, oh, we're going to have a Guardians of the Galaxy right here, then we're going to have a Star Wars right here because that they're both in space, so let's throw them into Future World. You know, I don't want that. 
But I, as long as they can keep it, you know, tasteful for what Future World is supposed to represent and what Epcot itself is supposed to rep- represent, I'm all for it. Yeah, and if you look at, uh, there's a lot that they did not talk about, and I know 2019 is probably going to be a big year for Epcot announcements. That's at mm-hmm. least my guess. But I went back and watched the video of the announcement, and I paused the concept art shot of Epcot, and it was not revealing a lot, and it, zo- it zoomed in mostly on Future World, but there were a couple of interesting things. We could probably dedicate a whole episode just talking about epcot and what should be done with epcot and (laughs) and what we'd want to see and not want to see so i won't make this too long-winded but it was interesting to see that in at least least the concept art they were are really going to make some changes to the aesthetics of Mm -hmm. the central part of the park the behind spaceship earth as you approach world showcase just from the concept art looks like they're adding a lot more um like trees and and floral to that part of the park, some more direct walkways because it is in some mm-hmm. cases right now a little difficult to navigate around future worlds if you're in certain points. And then the biggest shock to me, because I did expect and it, they did kind of show that Illuminations. I mean, it has its seen its time and it's probably going to be, if not updated, very likely it's going to be replaced uh, in the next few years. But Sort of how at Disney Springs they added these walkways across uh, the marketplace from one end to the other. I, I, actually, I actually start that there will be walkways going across the World Showcase Lagoon as well. And I don't know if that's, you know, ultimately going to be what happens, but it really looks like the park's going to take a pretty big transformation in that sense. And I don't think we're going to see that huge lake instead, or that huge lagoon, and instead we're going to see some more pathways to different parts of world showcase i don't know that's what the that's just what it looked like from the concept art but i can completely be misreading it i kind of hope you are at least the pathways uh across the you know lagoon there take a look i could be completely wrong and i don't want to raise any sort of um alarm fears or alarms (laughs) to those listening but uh and again it could just be the way that it was drawn or it could be i'm just out of my mind but uh take a look at it and, and if anyone listening has any thoughts on this as well let us know but uh, it just seems like that's where it's going to be um a I'm couple small legacy stones are gone that's all i care about i'm glad the legacy stones are going to be finally gone after <laughs> since they announced since they announced it i was saying every time i go there i can't wait for these stupid things to go away it looks like a mausoleum over there <laughs> i mean yeah I, I'm, I'm a little sad though because what i Went down to visit Matt that very first trip. I we did buy one. Not gonna lie, we bought a little tile, but it it is it is kind of time. I mean, the whole I think the whole idea, like Matt was saying, is that it needs a refresher. That whole entrance, less 1980s futuristic retro, and maybe a little bit more modern um, futuristic. So I yeah, I, but the pathways is the thing that has me the most concerned, honestly. <laughs> Yeah. I just love the idea of being able to go around the world and it being in a circular formation. I think a lot of guests wouldn't necessarily like that. Yes, it'd be convenient, but the whole concept is forcing you to go to every pavilion and in immersing yourself in that. And then also just the fun aspect of it. You're going literally around in a circle, but we'll see. Honestly, what, you're going to have You can take the boat between, you know, the American pavilion and back to yeah. the end. So there's ways you can get around it. My thought, at least practically, that's what the concept art show, but it also is very zoomed in. So my thought practically is that it's probably just going to be 
added pathways on the future world side that are not going to connect to the other side of the lagoon but are going to be there for standing room and potentially seating room for what's probably going to be a new major show if you think about rivers of light and Mm -hmm. world of color they added sort of those pathways especially world of color there's sort of this uh it goes into the pier a little bit Mm -hmm. or say into the the lagoon a little bit uh, and Rivers of Light also they sort of built out into the lake a little bit to allow for more standing room and seating and sitting room. I think that might be it, but I don't know for sure. We'll we'll sort of shelve this for I think maybe the 2019 discussion when they <laughs> when they actually do announce what is coming or if they announce any sooner what what's going to happen to Epcot. But uh, my schedule now 2019. <laughs> <laughs> mark it down in your calendars. Um, yeah. But for now, we do know, as, as you mentioned, there's a lot coming to Epcot. And the only two things you didn't mention that I'll, I'll sort of throw in here are the it's not really a new show in China. It probably will be, but sort of this now digital circle vision show for China. Mm-hmm. And also a lot more recently, uh, opening in August of this year, the mission space new green mission. That's sort of the quote unquote soaring over the earth, which makes a little more sense i think than just making a tamer version of orange um Agreed. especially for it i think it'll fit a better purpose and be sort of that entryway to mission space for kids or those like myself who cannot handle the orange version of mission space at all um so we'll, we'll shelf epcot I, there's there's like i said we could probably dedicate a whole show to it but the last thing i want to talk about is the uh sort of uh, not secondary, but miscellaneous. Uh, and I could we could talk probably 30 minutes about each one of these, but just sort of to categorize it as things beyond attractions, beyond the parks themselves. And uh, I, again, I can't talk about everything about D23 because there was a lot, at least on one show. Maybe we'll do a part two of this. But uh, they announced a few new resorts, uh, a couple of new resorts, uh, I should say. They announced the new transportation, which goes beyond the Skyliner. And also, which I know Christina would kill me if I didn't talk about the Disney Cruise Line, because Christina loves the Disney Cruise Line. <laughs> so just to sort of recap, there was the this Disney Riviera Resort Hotel, which was covered really quickly, but it had been speculated that sort of that 15th Disney Vacation Club Resort was going to go to Disney's Korean Beach Resort, which they didn't formally say it's part of Caribbean Beach. But if you look at where it is, it's part of Caribbean Beach, or at least taking up some land that is right now on uh, Caribbean Beach's property. So they did announce that, which is pretty cool to have what they're saying is going to be a rooftop restaurant with sort of these views of the nighttime shows at Hollywood Studios and Epcot. Uh, and they also talked about, of course, which was, more fans were very excited to hear, this Star Wars hotel, which is sort of this, uh, I, would ex- I would say it's a new category of hotel, though, because the way they described it, it's combining this luxury resort with a fully immersive experience. I'm sure it's going to be ridiculously expensive, um, but every window has this view of space, no matter what room you're in. And they even said that you're going to have, they didn't say it directly, but a wardrobe so that you can really be immersed in this experience. Uh, I mean, we could talk about Riviera Resort, but I think this one is more interesting. What, what, Mike, what do you expect to see and how much would you be willing to spend to spend, to spend the night in this type of resort? My God. Well, yeah, the expense part alone, I can only imagine. Um, I mean, it, it depends. It depends upon a lot, honestly. You know, for example, it is your ticket to the resort also going to be your ticket into the park because some rumors in the past were that 
your adventure, and actually I think they did think it in part of the announcement too, where your adventure is not just in the hotel itself, but also as part of Star Wars land. So is part of the price of the hotel also give you entry into the parks? And if so, you know, the, so that could determine, because, you know, probably alone, I would be, de- you know, five, six hundred a night, no question. Um, for something like along those lines, but if it's upwards of let's say nine hundred to a thousand, which some are even speculating might be even that high per night, to, um, then you know if you know if it had as long as it has something inclusive where okay you get also park entrance and you know as part of the the deal as well, that would make a lot of sense. But I mean, I can only imagine what they're going to do with this, and you know I. I Again, one of those things where I don't get my hopes too high, and then it, it actually comes down to a watered-down version of what we have in our mind, what they're actually going to do. But the whole, but just the fact that they're going for this to me is so exciting because this has a possibility of revolutionizing what um, you know what what ho- the hotel experience is like. I mean, this could be a whole, like you said, Matt, is a whole brand new category as far as what it's, you know, what a vacation is like that you, uh, uh, somebody actually mentioned it um, online. They called it, it, basically it's like living in Westworld. And I said, that's perfect. That's exactly what oh, this is wow. like. <laughs> it's heading that way. <laughs> I just hope the bounty hunters don't go haywire and start hunting us down. <laughs> Knock on your door in the middle of the night because, yeah, because you crashed the Millennium Falcon. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. <laughs> Christina, what do you think? Um, I think this is in line with a lot of uh, other trends we see across the Walt Disney World Resort right now of exclusive experiences. There's a lot of add-ons that are popping up across the resort lately, and I think this is just going to be yet another. I honestly, nowadays in peak times, 500 gets you like a standard room in a deluxe hotel as it is now. I can only imagine what the prices are going to look like for this resort. I mean, this is going to be a top, top tier resort. My only, I'm really curious though, one thing I'm really excited, costumes for cast members. That's going to be, I mean, not just for the resort guests that they announced that, but you look at the concept art and they show like maybe like a check-in desk it looks like or whatnot. But what are these poor cast members going to be wearing? It's going to be something quite interesting. I think some of their costumes look like they're going to be pretty intense. Um, But in addition to that, I'm curious to see how they're going to control uh, guests not staying at the hotel, like myself maybe in particular. Most resorts, pretty much all resorts, allow guests to come and go and check it out as you please. You know, you get to walk into Beach Club and just enjoy the atmosphere and, you know, sit in the lobby if you want just to take a breather. This hotel... I'm not so sure if that's going to even be a possibility because if they open it up to all guests, it it would probably have a line going outside, you know, the street really at that point. But I'm I'm also curious, Matt and I discussed this another uh, online earlier. Where is this going in exactly? They they didn't make that announcement, and you know we would we would guess someplace close to Disney's Hollywood Studios, but where? I mean, I, I today alone, I was driving home on World Drive. I did notice a nice huge space that they had been using to clear dirt from the park, uh, parks construction, really large area off of world drive right next to, uh, Buena Vista drive. That could be a possibility maybe, but where exactly a hotel of this scale, you know, they're going to make it massive because the potential is there revenue wise, but I'm super, super excited for it. Whatever happens. I just can't wait till we start seeing some more actual 
things coming to spread out of the ground nowadays, but we'll, we'll see. Time will tell, guys. I'm just really excited for this one. One of the possibilities I can potentially see, because I, I agree with you that, um, you know, the issue of uh, non-guests at, uh, going into the resort itself, one possibility is that they have a general area. Because I'm, I'm assuming that, you know, they'll probably have some sort of restaurants and mm-hmm. shops, things like that in there for that experience. And also, too, this is probably something that will open up after Star Wars Land does. So I, I think that the whole, you know, the whole excitement of Star Wars now being, you know, essentially a, a real thing or being, you know, or physically you can see it, I, hopefully at that point will die down a little bit by the time the resort opens up because now you have Star Wars Land as well be, that people are going to be going to. But I can also see where they have sections of the resort that are strictly just for guests that are, are part of the experience. So you have like a, like a main you know, the main lobby area with the restaurants and things like that, too. But then you have other aspects of the resort that only guests are allowed to get into that are part of the, ex- that are addition to the experience. Like, there was, like, a uh, one of the concept art was showing uh, one of the control rooms on one of the ships that you had all the guests playing around, you know, looking like they're doing missions or whatever the case is. Obviously, I'm assuming that would be only available to guests and wouldn't be available to everybody else. Yeah, it's a good question. I think Mike's point might be right. I anticipate it's going to be more restrictive, and they can do it. Uh, if uh, Just going back to my Disney Vacation Club days, I'll, I'll use the, the, the very formal name, Bay Lake Tower, Disney's Contemporary Resort. <laughs> if you've ever gone to Bay Lake Tower at Disney's Contemporary Resort, you'll know that you cannot get in without a room key or without stalking the door and being very creepy about it. Uh, <laughs> there's no way to get in without a room key. Um, or if you're obviously a cast member working there. So it's very exclusive to Disney Vacation Club members staying there or to uh, nor, uh, just guests who are paying rack rate to stay there. So I would imagine it's going to be similar to that, that you will not be allowed in without a room key, that you'll actually need to use your magic band to actually get into the resort. Only that's my that's my initial speculation based on what they're describing and it being fully immersive, but I'm hoping that Mike's right because I don't necessarily want to always have to pay to get into that resort just to be staying there. So I'm hoping there's going to be sort of this guest area, where which will have a restaurant or two, as well as a, an outpost or shopping or whatever you can do, and then there's sort of this room access that you have to use your match band if you want to get into the core of the resort which will have probably some more exclusive lounges with more immersive experiences the check-in desk uh or maybe the check-in desk will be outside and the of course the rooms themselves so i'm hoping it'll be like mike said sort of a combination but i i'm guessing that they might actually make this more exclusive just based on what it sounds like right now but time will tell as to what will uh, what will be. But the other big thing that was announced as far as staying places is Disney Cruise Line. They didn't say a whole lot, but they did say there are three new ships, which is a lot, coming to Disney Cruise Line in 2021, 2022, and 2023. I was hoping to hear some names, and I was surprised they didn't name these ships yet, but... Uh, Christina, I'm obviously going to direct this question to you because you love Disney Cruise Line and neither Mike nor myself, uh, shamefully, have not been on Disney Cruise Line. So what are you most excited about with uh, Disney Cruise Line and were you expecting this? I was not. I mean, we got that announcement. Two ships alone. That was a, a huge undertaking for them. But three, 
like they, like they said, they just, they had too much magic to cram into two. So they had to do a third. So I think what I'm most excited about, it's just the possibilities now. This is a real content. Disney's going to be a real contender in the cruise ship market now, just in terms of itinerary possibilities. And obviously with the inclusion of Shanghai now on the map, I can see one of these ships being permanently posted on that end of the world, which would open them up to a lot more guests on that whole end of the spectrum. And, you know, just West Coast in general, there'll be a cruise ship there too. Uh, I'm almost certain of that. Um, with the expansion of the Panama Canal, they can do that now. They can take them in and out, back and forth. So it just brings in this whole new realm of possibility for this fleet, essentially, now. We've got a fleet. We don't just have four ships. It's a fleet now, guys. And it's I, I can only imagine what they're going to be putting in in terms of restaurants on these ships. My um, thing I'm most excited about on my upcoming cruise, the Reimagined Wonder, Tiana's Place, that's going to be fantastic. I, I've watched video on, after video of it, and I can only imagine what they're going to incorporate on these new ships in terms of theming, um, just in the restaurants alone, let alone everywhere else. So huge announcement for, for Disney Cruise Line fans. Castaway Key is probably going to be pretty crowded every single day of the week after that, but it, it'll also just open up so many more... I think chances for people to cruise because these ships sell out fast, even though they are priced up there. Again, Disney's making that kind of shift to more elite experiences. They're priced up there, but people are willing to pay it because you just get that, that amazing experience that you can't find anywhere else. So we'll see. Very, very exciting. But yeah, I'm also curious as to why they didn't make any more announcements beyond that, but I guess they're just going to time it out appropriately to keep us, you know, biting until we have all the info that we would love to, you know, consume constantly if we had the opportunity. But yeah, very exciting. Very exciting. You guys need to go. I, know. I can't believe you haven't been. I know. <laughs> I've never been Crazy. on a I've never been on a single cruise, so Oh, well, yeah. Cruising is a very special vacation, but with Disney it's unlike anything else. That's the only the only way I would do it, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's really the only way I would do it. But uh yeah, it should be, and, and maybe this will be the the tipping points that uh, that Mike and I will have to uh, to to get on Disney Cruise Line. But you know they're going to come to New York more often with this, Matt. They already are, but I know yeah, they they already they already come up here, so the, yeah. <laughs> they certainly will more. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I think that they don't have names yet because if I had to guess, they were, this was probably a last minute addition that there's something mm-hmm. they were not expecting to even announce at this D23, but it's, I'm guessing something they just threw in there as a way to generate even more excitement and even more buzz, and they probably realized they didn't do too much with Disney Cruise Line uh, this this go-around, and they wanted to build up some Have hype something. around that. Yeah. So, like I said, there's, there's a lot more that we could talk about. I'm sure people are probably screaming at me now that I didn't even bring up the Tron coaster yet, but I think we all agree that's amazing and they're not taking anything out. So, I mean, what, what more is there to say? It's, it's going to be an amazing addition to magic kingdom as I think we've been hoping for the theming fits. It's going to be next to space mountain. So it'll probably draw, it'll make the area very crowded, but I'm sure it'll draw down lines a little bit from space mountain and from even seven dwarves mine train and all, all the other mountains and attractions at magic kingdom make the park more crowded. But uh, I was really happy to hear that it, they were not just going to remove an attraction, but to add something 
to Magic Kingdom. And a lot of this was was really all about uh, about adding attractions as opposed to taking things away, with uh, with very few exceptions. But uh, overall, I mean, do you have any final thoughts on, on D23? Anything that surprised you? Anything that you expected to see that, that you didn't see in this go-around? Mike, was there anything that surprised you? No, uh, no I mean, I pretty much said everything that I that really was surprising to me. I'm, gl- I'm just glad that a lot of the rumors that we're hoping were going to be true actually did come true. I said, wow, they actually are going to be going through with this. With this. So uh, I, this is the first time in a long time that I feel that Disney is really pushing hard to innovate again, um, where a lot of it in the, in the past was just business as usual or, or keeping up with the other parks. I think there really are a lot of the announcements that they're making, especially with the hotel. Uh, I think is really them showing that, okay, we're upping the ante as far as uh, entertainment experience is concerned. Christina, what about you? Yeah, I think I pretty much went over everything I was, you know, surprised about, uh, missing, whatnot. Again, I agree with Mike. The ante, it's just been raised. We're at a new level of Disney awesomeness. There's like, I, I just couldn't believe how much information they did give us. Yes, they kept some things back, of course. They're masters of marketing, as we all know. But we got so much information, so many things to be excited about. Uh, it appeals to every single guest. There's something for everyone. And they really are trying to make the parks more Disney, more family-oriented, which I think is a, is a great step in, in the right direction for them in terms of being relevant for the future. So we've got a lot more we've got questions for, but time will tell. And as of now, I'm just, I'm thrilled. Yeah, I am too. And I'm glad I was able to cover everything that you guys wanted to talk about, which always makes me feel good. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> I'm hoping to cover everything that everybody wants to hear and, and discuss. So uh, like I said, it's, it, I'm glad that we were able to, to keep this down to over an hour and not over two or three hours but uh, i'm sure if we went i I try to cover these things as quickly as i can if we wanted to go into more in depth into these topics i'm I'm sure we can we probably will and uh uh i'm sure that uh i'll see both of you uh i know i'll see both of you in september so perhaps uh our listeners might uh see a little bit of both of you as well on our on our facebook page uh in september as well but uh it's that should be an exciting trip but uh thank you both for uh for coming out to my show and chatting about d23 and uh we'll have to have you both on the show again sometime soon thank you matt thank you And with that, we close out our D23 2017 Expo podcast episode. And I hope you all, if you didn't hear all the announcements, had a chance to catch up on everything that was announced for, especially the Disney parks, from D23. And perhaps you had a couple of feelings about things that we said that we were most looking forward to when it came to everything that Disney is going to create between now and all the way through 2023. So if there's anything that you either agree with or disagree with from what we said, please be sure to reach out to us and let us know. You can reach out on Facebook at facebook.com slash Imagineer Podcast, or you can reach out to us on Twitter at twitter.com slash Imagineer Audio. And of course, at any point, if you have 
any ideas or any thoughts about the show, please feel free to leave us a rating and a comment in the iTunes store and on Facebook as well. Or you can send me an email if you want to reach out to me privately at imagineerpodcast at gmail.com. But definitely let us know this week what are the top three things that you are looking forward to from the D23 Expo. Is there anything that surprised you? Is there anything that you wish they would have announced that they didn't quite talk about or anything that you expected them to announce that they did not, whether it be from Epcot or Magic Kingdom or Hollywood Studios or Animal Kingdom or anywhere else. But please do uh, feel free to reach out and share your thoughts with us. And if you've been enjoying this show so far, uh, please do remember to go ahead and subscribe to the podcast, whether you're listening on iTunes or Google Play or Podbean. And as I said, uh, be sure to leave us a rating and a comment. And more importantly, share out the word with your friends, especially if you know anybody who loves Disney who might enjoy this podcast. Please be sure to share this podcast uh, with them and let them know that, hey, we exist and that we have a great show for you. And I, as always, want to thank you so much for listening. Uh, Please do reach out to me. Let me know what we can do to create a better show experience and bring more topics to you about Disney. I hope you have an amazing day wherever you are. And remember that if you can dream it, you can do it.